What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Boys, and this is another episode of the Facts Project. Today, we got a special guest. My man, my brother, Onaji Roush, excellent creator of Odina with Concrete Comics. Thank you for being here, but br- br- for one, but as soon as he got on here, I was like, man, I ain't seen this brother in so long, man. It's good to see you. Well, thank you. And that's the same thing I thought. I was like, I ain't seen my facts in so long. I was like, damn. Because <laughs> you were the first person who I talked to online when the pandemic hit. Really? Was I? Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And to be honest, when I started the IG series where I was basically like talking to creators and everything like that, you were probably, probably, if not first, was second person that I talked to. Yeah. So and so basically uh cats like you have been the spark of me starting this bullshit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but 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 it's it's allowed me to talk to a lot of creators and oh, yeah. me and me and you, I I think the one that we talked about was uh was about was about the X-Men. X Magneto and Professor X. Yes, we were. Yes, yeah, yep. that's exactly what we were talking about. <laughs> I'm not telling you, like, this is like a family reunion for me, so. Yeah, and, and no, it, 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 the forewarning, if we get to talking about mutants and X-Men, we probably, this will be a long-ass episode. <laughs> <laughs> this will be a very long-ass episode. So, first off, congratulations, because mm-hmm. Odina number three, of course, got successfully uh, funded on Kickstarter, uh, along with uh, issue one, issue two, so, you know what I'm saying? The ball keeps rolling for you. Yeah. So, hey, for one, how does that feel? Well, it feels great. It feels amazing because, you know, as a creator, you know, there's going to be times where it, you might feel like uh, it gets a little slow. But it's good to see the reception is still there. Yeah. Now, yeah. And, and also, I mean, not to say that we've relaxed. We've, we've laxed a little bit with COVID. A lot of uh, physical Comic Cons have started to open back up mm. to the point where Atlantic Comic Con seemed like it was like a concrete reunion of sorts. <laughs> so the entire concrete family showed up on Onaji's doorstep, probably bothered half of his family and friends <laughs> for about two to three days that they were there. Mm-hmm. So from what I saw in the pictures, it's Lonzo, uh, Lonzo Star. Jamil Lessie. Uh, did Daniel show up? No, Daniel showed up. Jamil wasn't able to make it. Jamil wasn't able to make it. So da- uh, Daniel was there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jason Daniel. Michael Prim- Jason Michael Primrose was at- yeah. over there. David Rucker was over there. I was sitting there like, yo, uh, J- uh, Jason Tyler was uh, Jason Tyler was over there. Yeah. I was like, yo, come on, man. I was we, like, we're rolling deep. That's what I was saying. I was like, if these motherfuckers don't buy books, they might get jumped. <laughs> it, was, it was it was like a wu-tang uh, wu-tang claim type uh type ordeal they rucker wore at this straw hat the whole time oh man look like and his mask so like all you saw was his eyes and so he was like you know the the like well, he's the muscle of the group so i was like Dave, right. yeah. <laughs> uh, David Rucker, uh, author of Decimation Earth, is a former Marine. So, uh, exactly. <laughs> so, so if you wasn't buying books, he was probably like putting you in a dark ass corner somewhere, interrogating <laughs> you. But, but I've done a live with with David before, where he had that damn that same straw hat that you talking about on, yep. looking like looking like a, a a farmer's kung lao 
Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but it had to feel good because like I think I what well I ran into Lonzo and Jamil and Daniel at Black Label Comic Con, and he said that y'all ran through like almost all your books. <sighs> It was, let me tell you something. First of all, it was a blast. Like it was work, but it was, it was good because we did run through most, most of our books. We were pretty much like kind of hitting from day one, which was that Thursday. Well, not that it was a Thursday, that Friday morning. We mm. were hitting from day one, like, you know, boom, boom, boom. So it was good. It was a good feeling. It was work. Yeah. It was a good feeling. <laughs> Right. And and from what Lonzo was basically telling me, he was like, I don't think that the reception. The reception was well more anticipated than what he saw, because you've lived in uh, in Atlanta for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. He's been there on occasions. Mm -hmm. But the fact that like, you know, what I'm saying the fact that you guys got to like set your books down and then all of a sudden droves of people just start coming up, coming up to y'all just and the thing is not going over there to basically like try to find out about concrete it's more so like where y'all books at i'm trying yeah. to buy the shit so i can get the fuck on yeah no seriously and what that was one particular um brother who i met the weekend before at another event mm. and i told him i was like you know because i didn't have the absolver books on me see he wanted like all the books and i was like I don't have an absolver books on me, but we're gonna have them next weekend at Atlanta Comic Con. He came to Atlanta Comic Con. He was like, I found you guys. I was like, well, here you go. <laughs> yeah, man. So let's let's dive into it. Cause um for, for those of you that have not read Odina one and two, we're talking about a retired superhero who pretty much gets put back into action. Yeah. Uh, by the calling of an ancient being who has now arrived on Earth. Mm -hmm. um, I happened to read issues one and two before we um, before we started the interview. As a matter of fact, by the time Lonzo hit me, I started reading again. And so we get introduced to and, and you have to you have to help me with the pronunciation because, you know, you use some very, very ancient African dialect names that I know I will completely fuck up, you know. So, so ultimately, there's this, there's the antagonist of the story, Lady T. Lady T, it's Tia, but I say Lady T, just but it's Tia. Yeah, it's spelled T I Y. -E. Yeah, yeah. So, ultimately, they, um, I believe in Odina one, they are confronted by two ancient beings themselves mm -hmm. in Asima and damn the fuck this is here we go today say we go god damn it I'm <laughs> really I, you know I was gonna butcher that <laughs> you know what I'm saying so they're basically being told about her domination what she's yeah. done in the past how she uh she is basically the destruction of worlds and more so the collection of like certain entities like the the key of Amon, I believe that's what it's called, that she is trying to she's trying to forge in order to start her rebellion on Earth. Well, she has it at the end of issue two. A lot of people don't right. know it, but it's the end. What 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 it's, what, the, what, it's the, the ceremonial acts. When they when they come down to that final ending, when Odina finds her at the end of issue two, 
it seems like, yeah, I already have it. So yeah. it's it's about to be on. But inevitably, um, Odina, Devin, Eclipse, uh, conjuring the uh, assistance of a, I guess you if you want to call her like a, a griot, but her name is Lady M. Yes. Like, and they, they go to her to be, almost as like a medium to try to find out exactly where Lady T is. Yeah. So this entire episode, you're getting more and more information about the antagonist. And, yeah. and the more you read, you realize how big and bad this lady is. So when you were creating her, did you did you feel like the backstory had to be built up as big as it is? And for Odina to see how shook everybody is when they do talk about her in order to come to the realization and be like, okay, Odina, if you do face her, you're in trouble. Yeah. And that's exactly what I wanted to do because, okay, so you know everything, you know how like in Thanos and Endgame, how, you know, it was like this linger of him throughout the series. It was like a linger every time, even like before the post credits, there was a linger of who this guy is. Like, you know, you had an idea how bad he was or like what he was, what was coming, but you didn't really know. Right. So, and then on top of that, but to have this person who has done this, this most, the most, yeah, she's not going to be like some lightweight, some other like hero she can just knock out and call a day like she did the, the guy in the first issue. Yes. No, this is not like a lightweight fight. No, this is, you're going to have to put in that work for this. Right. And, and, and upon seeing that, because like, it, it seems more so that everybody that she has had a little bit of dialogue with has pretty much told her flat out to her face. Like, like we all got our ass kicked <laughs> by her. So why are you, why do you keep and The thing is, Odina, if you, if you haven't read any of the books, she got these one-liners. I, I believe there was, uh, <laughs> was the one person that she gets on their, on their nerves the most is a Seema. Like she, <laughs> She really don't like her ass. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> Yo, aside from the fact that, like, I want to grab the book because she there's so many digs at her throughout that entire issue. Like, you can tell Odina, although she's someone with very OP strengths and characteristics, yeah. she got a smart-ass mouth, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, very snarky. You know, just very... She, You know how we get when we get comfortable. Yeah, and, yeah. So... And, you know, we call in the shots and then, you know, she she doesn't really want to be here, but they're telling her to come back. And she's like, I'm only doing this part time. So I'm only helping y'all. out." So, you know, right. she has a mindset of I'm only helping you guys out. So you got this big demigod coming in like, OK, yeah, <laughs> like, like I like the fact that when whenever whenever she gets smart with somebody like Devin is just basically like playing the background, like, come on, Odina, I got this, please. Yeah. Well, please. he's used to that. Like, like, please, could you sit? Could you sit over here, man, so I can so I can get a word in? <laughs> like, I like how, like, especially in 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 comic book format, when you have when you have two people talking at each other, you have this one person trying to like fit in a word. You can see, like, you can see in some of the in some of the panels that Dev is just like, would you please? Come on. <laughs> like god damn man let me talk to him <laughs> <laughs> see what he gotta deal with right so uh, so for those for those people that are going to uh 
for the most part, get issue three, like in the next, uh, when is delivery? Like December? October. Oh, no, shit. Remember, remember, hold, on, remember, hold on. Actually, no, it's December. But, you know, we, we are, it's already done, but it might be before that. So we'll say December to be safe. Okay. But, yeah. So what do they have? What, what do we hope to expect? Because that the ending of issue two is that cliffhanger where yeah. Odina finally comes face to face with Lady T. This is that turning point in the book where, you know, the actual hero and the villain meet. So what's going to happen? A big old brawl. And then what's the outcome? It's, it'll be a setback. Right. For, for who? Would it be for Lady T or will it be for Odina? Mm. So... so we're expecting a lot of action out of this next issue from front to back. Oh man. See now how, if I, if I can ask, <laughs> how does sister circle play in the part of this story? So sister circle, as well as Kandaki are tie-ins. So okay. sister circle, you see that Asima is part of sister circle. Yes. And clips. So after the last issue of Odina, it picks up from there. Because uh -huh. even um, the last battle, you know, it's pretty much the gates. They're trying to open up the gates of purgatory to let the demigods out. Because remember now, Lady T believes that all humans and gods got to leave the earth. Only her and the hybrids need to inherit the earth. Like she's going to try to wipe everybody out. Right. But there were a that escaped. Some, you know, trying to go about their business, Kandaki. And there are others who are going back to their territories in Africa and they're taking back over, whether it's conquering villages, all this type of stuff. So the Sister Circle is a group of women that Lady and Mayette get together to help her take them down and hunt these uh, demigods down. Yeah, because the first time I heard about hybrids was that one page, I believe, when they were introduced to Lady M. Yeah. Lady M discusses exactly like some of the hybrids and, and she even points... I think she points one out. Doesn't she point? Isn't Eclipse? She yeah. points out that Eclipse is. No, she tried to say. She tried. Eclipse tried to say we're descendants of gods, and and Odina was like, "No, nah, we're not. Shut up." Basically, she <laughs> shut her down. <laughs> Which technically, the superheroes are descendants of the gods because they're a product of hybrids and mortals. Right. So hybrids and mortals can mix. Hybrids and gods cannot. So. So was it always? I guess. Uh, within your storyline to uh, garner up the, the names of ancient African deities, uh, dive into African mythology in mm -hmm. order to make the book work. Yes. And because, why? Yeah, I was about to say, why is that? Because normally we have the mythology of Zeus, Olympus, and all this other stuff. You know, you know, we, more, we know more about that through comics. Like, that was the only thing that was like the Herculeses and the Zeus, the Athenas. So why not build up our own stuff to where we know more about that? Yep. Like, um, like Sister Circle, pretty much, you know, all five of those members, which I got to tell you their names, but, and who they are. Like Asima, you know, for, she's a former mercenary and assassin. Eclipse, you know, used part of the SSSP program. Mm -hmm. um, there's a character who's an Afro-Latina by Sister Sledge. She's the young girl with the, curl, the curly Afro. Okay. She's the genius level intellect. So she can build any like weapon or whatever. So that's why she got her hammer with her. Mm -hmm. uh, and Layla, who is um, 
Layla's a mystery. She has divine powers, but she doesn't necessarily know how to use them. Mm. The lady in blue. And so she's a she's a little little reckless. Yes, she is the reckless one of the group. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> Got you. So we're now in issue three. Um, yeah. How far of the story? How far is this going to go? How far is it written when it finally does reach that pivotal point where it switches over into that tie-in with Sister Circle? Issues um six, the Issue finale. Six. Okay. The finale. You'll see um at the end of certain the page, you'll start to see certain uh, people talking to each other. You'll see certain alliances being built. Mm. Now, does this lead to a farewell to odina no not at all odina no 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 no, no. <laughs> no. i was about to say okay no, 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 no. let me tell you something i've got like a whole rap sheet of like where i'm going next next volume two it's gonna dive more into her not just as a superhero but her trying to maintain her her balance of life mm. because after that big battle takes place you know the world is kind of on on alert of superheroes now right so now she's trying to, you know, date, you know, hang out, but she's struggling to trying to find her, her point. And also, you know, aliens. Oh, sorry, that my gate of the No, because you, you've you've actually hinted at this, and some some of the uh, some of the the the, the page uh, clippings, you actually like you were referencing this one another mythical being, which we didn't know there was if this person was alien alien or not. Yeah, you've had some of these pages, and we were like. Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> so oh, and we were like kind of alluding to it, like, wait, did, like where does she fit in? I, I read two of the books. I don't I ain't seen nobody that looked like that. Yeah, it's I got a ton of people that have made uh their names have come across, but they they're in the works. So okay. but yeah, next volume two, we're getting a slight invasion, not a full on, you know, someone's hunting something. So got you. Yeah. Now Aside from that, you um, you, of course, are within the company of a bunch of other characters, whether it be whether it be uh, Andy Starboy, uh, Absolver, Acolyte, uh, the Watchmen, uh, David Rucker's Decimation Earth label. Is there any hints at crossovers in the future? <laughs> Ah, uh, there is. Like we actually talk about this. We talked about this, and I kind of figured that. <laughs> and um, we're planning out now um, mm -hmm. how we're gonna do it. Um, but it definitely is some planning crossover. Trust and believe. We <laughs> like. I'm trying not to tell too much. I don't. No. <laughs> try, try to just weave through traffic. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna try to weave through traffic. But let's just say. There are certain things that happen that take place in everyone's book, whether it's after like my issue five, issue six or whatever, where certain uh, news anchor and news spotlights get a hold of clips of people and other people are aware of the people. And yeah. Yeah. And other villains might make an appearance and. Oh, now see. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> So because like I, I look at the I look at the settings of a lot of the books, uh, Acolyte being a little bit more cosmic, Absolver being, of course, this dark, gritty character, uh, yeah. champion of the underworld and whatnot. 
Andy being this uh, campy alien type, uh, you know, like a lovable. Yeah. He's like a lovable character. Yeah. Even though he doesn't, he doesn't believe it. So. Yeah. You know saying uh, Odina is just this strong female figure. Uh, the the Watchmen. I mean, I feel as though Lyle that like that's just Lyle in comic book form. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like pretty much. <laughs> like, like for real, like it's just like whatever his personality is, he just literally just sucked that shit out and threw it right into his. Into <laughs> oh, and then Decimation Earth, you know, is an uh, alternate dimension. Yeah, yeah. It, the the um the Lovecraftian horror book, a lot of time travel, uh, tons of time jumps that, mm-hmm. that he puts in that book. I actually just got uh, I think it was the other day. I finally got my issue too, like the other day. Oh wow. Uh, but no, I do have Odina always, <laughs> always by me. You know what I'm saying? So ultimately, I, I mean, I mean, you guys have pretty much been running the gauntlet for the past three years. Yeah. Did you did you think when when it started, um, when uh, you, Lonzo, and Jamel got together? Mm-hmm. That it was just it, it, it the flow was going to be the and the symmetry amongst y'all as a group as a as a brotherhood was going to turn out like this. Honestly, I didn't think so, but a part of me like was saying like, "This is it! Like something's something's happening." You know, you get that feeling where you don't you can't explain it. Yeah. So, but it's, it, it was there. So that's what the feeling I was getting. I couldn't put it into words, basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was something that I was like, okay, okay, I'm just slow, try not to overthink it, <laughs> get out my head. Right. <laughs> and it, it all turned out from like three brothers that like met and like didn't y'all meet in, like a, a comic book fan group on Facebook or something like that? Well, me and Jamel met in a com. Uh, we we're part of another indie group. And okay. then after that one kind of faltered, um, we kept in contact. And then <laughs> uh, Jamel knew Lonzo, and then he was like, "Well, I have this other guy who, you know, he's you know trying to start his own book too." And so that's when, you know, both of us was like a little hesitant. We was like, "Oh, you know," and but good. But I mean, but good enough. It worked out because when we met, it was an instant clash between. I mean, instant click between all three of us. So yeah. And, and no, uh, all three of y'all. Better yet, the entire uh, the entire group over at Concrete just love to bash each other <laughs> constantly. It's it's hilarious to see and fun to watch. You know, oh and, and, I'm sure y'all have y'all little weekly meetings and everything like that. And somebody just talking about somebody. <laughs> it's it's a con- well, it's kind of like you know, it's kind of like a. Not a frat house, but it is a brotherhood. It's a, it's a family. You know, family, you know, you got to yeah. rag. If you don't rag on your family, who the hell can you rag on? You know? Exactly. <laughs> and, and I remember in the first talks that I've had had with each of you, like the the one the one question I always brought up is like, how the hell do you guys make this work? You, most of y'all live four, five hundred, five hundred miles away from each yeah. other. And y'all, man, it's like, like, like Lyle lives in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, David lives in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. You live in Georgia. Uh, Lonzo and Jamil live in New Jersey. Yeah. 
Daniel lives in Pennsylvania, like like the middle of Pennsylvania. He don't even live in Philly. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, how the hell are y'all doing this shit? Divine connection. And and strong internet. I see that. That too. Good Wi-Fi. That's good Wi-Fi. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? I'm like y'all just have y'all have exceeded expectations there's been uh plenty uh, plenty of books that i that i've seen from y'all i remember i remember first seeing i actually picked up jamil's book first yeah and um i think i shouted y'all out on instagram yeah and i think lonzo caught caught a foot of that because i had shouted you out on instagram and i was on the partners page i don't even think i had social media at that time yeah <laughs> And Lonzo took uh, took hold of that, and then all of a sudden we connected, and all of a sudden I connected with you, <laughs> and then I talked to Jamel one day, and then I'm I'm like, yo, I like you in the phone basically. Yeah, I was like, I'm sitting there like, okay, like yo, it's easy to fit in with y'all, man. It's e y'all are easy to talk to. I'm sure it's fun to have y'all out at a lot of comic cons. Are wait, are y'all coming up here for New York Comic Con? Well. That's the thing we wanted to do. We might try to still make an appearance. Have to bogard y'all way up in there, man. I know. Yeah, See? but the, the one the one thing I know about Comic Cons is that within Artist Alley, there are creators who have tables, and the table is six feet six feet long. So that that one creator might move his shit to one side and be like, "Yo, you want to share a table with me?" Yo. Let me go look. Let me call Lonzo and Jamil real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that has happened in the past, and and the thing is, I know because of a lot of things opening back up. You know, it's a it'd be a good ass opportunity for y'all guys, is especially to get out here. I know. Um, I think Lonzo was just a Chemfest. Yeah. Uh, which is up in that's North Jersey. That's that's yeah. probably closer to him than anything, and. The fact that you guys have physical cons to where you can actually do hand-to-hand -hand sales has to be a bonus. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. to. Well, you get the people who they'd be like, I've seen your stuff online. And I'll be like, okay, well, I'm glad you, you know you actually seen our stuff. That's cool. Like, we're breaking through the noise. So I'm amazed by that. And when they come to the table and be like, I, I get to find, you know, buy the physical books. And then you got people who discover us. That's yeah. even more amazing. They'd be like, are these your guys' books? And they be, and we be like, yeah. And they be like, oh my God, these look amazing. I'd be like, thank you. <laughs> I'm, still not, I'm still not used to hearing that shit that you can tell. <laughs> Word. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, being how, like, um, being how you're in Georgia, how is the comic scene in the South? Well, it's pretty big here in Atlanta. Like, okay. we, the one thing I try to explain to people when it comes to Atlanta, Atlanta's like an HBCU. It ha you have so many different black groups here. It's not just one particular group. And so with the blur community, it's starting to grow even more being the, you know, Black Panther, you know, the, the entertainment scene, gaming scene, all that stuff, you know, all the and anime, you know, it's starting to flourish here. So now you have more cosplay events, uh, MomoCon, DragonCon, uh, Atlanta Convention, Atlanta Comic Con. You have like a bunch of stuff. Black business conventions, you know, all that stuff. So mm -hmm. it flourishes. You, we have, it's the home of Black entrepreneurship. So right. it's going to happen there. Like, I think 
here, like I like right now, I just and this I matter of fact, I can tell you now, but mm-hmm. uh, um my sister's gonna be uh Odina at Afropunk cosplay event. So Afropunk down there in Atlanta. Yes. There's a um Beltsline cosplayer, Beltsline cosplayer, which is here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, they're having an event with BlurCon at Afropunk for cosplayers and a gaming tent. So one um, one of the young ladies, uh, she I reached out to her to be a cosplayer, and she actually said, I actually want to talk to you about being Odina at Afropunk event that I'm doing. And so she was like, because I really want to get, you know, represent. And I was like, say no more. What you need from me? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm getting some stuff now to give to her, like, as a handout as, like, you know, uh, uh, merchandise. So, yeah, she sent me how she's doing the wig and everything. So. I can't wait. Now, 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 see, how does that make you feel, man? Because, like, you you <laughs> created this character. You you drew it up in your mind. She has to look a certain way. Her hair has to be, like, kind of, like, it has to have to fade. Yeah. And she's got the pump and more hair on the, on the opposite. End. I've seen people do fan art of Odina. And I it know. Look, it looks fire. Well, I'll tell you. It, it still gotta, takes me off guard. It still that's what I'm saying. Like you got a physical person calling you up, be like, "Hey, I'm doing Afropunk like in a couple yeah. of weeks, and I want to do Odina." Yeah, I, I try not to think too hard about it, uh, facts, because I might get a little choked up. I'm right. Yeah, um, I mean the thing is like that. I remember I think what was it Atlanta Comic Con when I when I uh, when I met Lonzo and them, and I was talking to him. He was like. Yo, we was just sitting there um, selling our comics and this dude rolled up on us dressed as Acolyte. Yeah. And I was like, what you mean? He was like, I didn't tell him to be there as Acolyte. He just rolled up on us as Acolyte. Yeah. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, we didn't know this dude from Adam. Yeah. And then he rolls up as Acolyte. and, And see, that's fucking phenomenal. Because not to, okay, when you're an indie comic book creator, mm-hmm. the biggest thing that you want to do, yes, is get your story out there. The second biggest thing you want to do is inspire people by the characters that you create. Yes. So when, when you have people you have never met in any walk of life that have picked up your book or have seen uh, the characters put out there on social media, and then all of a sudden they are in your face in yeah. full costume as something that you conjured in your mind. And you yeah. get to look them in their face. The, first off, you're going to be like stuttering and befuddled. Yeah. And you're like, shit. Like I've, you know. The, look, I, I, it's still, I'm trying to tell you, it still takes my breath away. Like the fan art, the people will be like, I really love Adina. I'll be like, in my mind, I'd be like, say thank you, fool. Say thank you. you know? get, it, get it out, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> but my heart is just like, oh my God, thank you so much. But my yeah. mind is like, shut up. Don't say nothing stupid. <laughs> I, I think one of the, the first ones I seen the fan art, uh, this this one guy, was it Luna One? Yes. Is that the one? Yeah. Actually, it's still the fact that I know the guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even on social media that much no more. And I remember that one like sticking out because yeah. it, was, it was like a headshot more so 
Yeah. It was like a little bit of the top of the body, but it was more so just like this, this gigantic headshot of Odina that yeah. he created, painted it, drew it all up. The hair was tight and like the background was like fire. And it's, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at this like, he, is like he, he could do the cover if he wanted to. Yeah. I'm like, God. I'm telling you, like it's, it's, it's amazing in such a way that I'll think about it later that night and I'll have to reflect and I'll be like, you know, I'm grateful. Like, I, I can't, words can't explain like how grateful I am. Not just me, but all of us when we see stuff like that. So, of course. Yeah. And of like course. you said, being a, we're independent, you know. Yeah. Really fucking huge. Yeah, like like we could talk all day about uh, DC and Marvel, but those characters were drawn into somebody's mind from yeah. the 1930s. Yeah, way before my grandmama was here. You know, what <laughs> I'm like so so. Uh, there's been so many reiterations of all those characters over time that when you see one walking at a comic con, it doesn't even phase you. It's like, oh, three yeah. three Spider Mans just passed me. No problem, you know what I'm saying? It's whatever, man. There's Miles Morales, there's Ben Riley, and Peter Parker. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yay, guys. Man, you look awesome. <laughs> like, but yo, know, when you when you when you guys get that, I can I can see where it where where it goes. Yeah. You know, which which brings me to the X-Men now. <laughs> <laughs> now, hey man, look, after I'll I'll say this one thing about. Uh, this current X-Men run. I'm sad to see it go. Although, but I understand. I understand. I, mean, I, because I, I, I totally get what you're saying because it's been so... Jonathan Hickman's been doing his damn thing. Yeah. Right? So, you know, did you see, you read um, Sword, the um, Sword event? The X of Swords? Yeah. Yes. So you, the last two books. Mm-hmm. That battle... Yeah. That kind of inspired me to do uh, the last two books of Odina. Oh. <laughs> All right. I know where you're going then. Never mind. Right. Got you. Got you. All right. Yeah, because, I mean, for, for those of us that are like X-Men enthusiasts and everything like that, Jonathan Hickman has been writing uh, House of X and Powers of X when he put it together since 2018, 19. So it, it might be 18. Because it, it might be 18. That spawned a whole bunch of books, Hellions, Marauders, Fallen Angels, X-Force, Wolverine, all, all this stuff that, that branched mm -hmm. out. You had the Dawn of X series. Then you had the X of Swords series. And now we're coming to this conclusion. And then like you hear these rumblings that Jonathan Hickman, you know, wants to wants to chill off of this for a little bit. And I, and when you're a writer, like if you're, if your heart ain't into it, I, I probably don't want you to write it. Yeah. You know? So, and that's cool, yeah. you know, but I just feel like, you know, like he, he, he definitely did his thing with these okay. for the past like three years. So I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm sad to see you go, but I understand. Man, Hellfire Gala and. Planet yeah. Oh my God. Planet size X-Men. Oh. <laughs> you want to talk about I read that book and I was like can you believe this shit <laughs> I was like if only, if only we could <laughs> right you know what I'm saying like like I know I know that most people look at 
the X-Men as basically the the correlation of black liberation just put in yeah. the screen based on comic book characters. Yeah. So when you see them finally coming into their own, they create Krakoa. And then yeah. they just realize that that's not enough. Yeah. So let's get the fuck off this planet. <laughs> <laughs> let's go on and uh, make Mars a planet. Let's yeah. Let's, you know what I'm saying? And 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 then it just it just it, it brings forth those drawbacks from House of X and Powers of X because they wanted to have all the Omega level mutants in one place for one singular event, and then you finally realize what that fucking event was. Yep, we're gonna terraform a planet. Exactly, we're gonna make this shit breathable. Like fucking Magneto takes off the helmet. He was like, "Yeah, I don't need this shit no more." And make and, make a, and look and make Storm the queen of the damn. Planet. Oh my god. <laughs> To the fucking planet. I was like, yo, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> I was like, and, and then I'm sitting there like, I, I'm like, okay, why hasn't Storm ever gotten her own solo book? Because this is the perfect time now. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That and the Sword series is amazing. Yeah. That, so, but the, yeah. the X of Swords events were beyond amazing. As a matter of fact, those tying into those X-Men comics that they were doing where Apocalypse kind of like put himself out there if um, to most of the young mutants that were coming up, it was like, like he was like chopping them down. He was like the executioner in that pit. And he was like, I'm not, don't come into this arena scared. If you, yeah. if, you know, in order for you to reborn, to be reborn, you have to die. And he was like, the, he, the shit no. that he was saying to them. But they needed it though. Yeah. And, they but how he was it. talking to them, man. Yeah. Cause compared to the rock, the Rockies, mm -hmm. they, they were a little, I mean, I hate to admit it, they're a little soft. You know, Krakoa is a little soft. So, yeah. So he needed that, like, tough them up. That's why yeah. Genesis is like, you know, make them, uh, make them fit. Yeah. <laughs> and then in Planet Size X Men, they they constructed those two statues of Genesis and Apocalypse. I was like, oh man, I was tearing up. I was like, God. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, erected statues of these things. <laughs> oh. I was like, this is amazing. Oh yeah, that is yeah, amazing. Yeah. But. Uh, but all in all, to get back to, to get back on our square. Yes. Um, do, do you feel content with creating Odina in the first place? Yes, I do. And because when I think about how she came about, she came about when I was at home one day and I was like, man, you know, why isn't there like a superhero, female superhero, like really like in this, in the market or in TV or stuff like that, you know, why is it when we do? Because I did have a, a black guy superhero at first, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to get lost in the shuffle with all the other, you know, yeah, superheroes that are coming out. And I was like, well, you know, what would make a character stand out? I was like, well, there's not many black women superheroes, so what would create one? And then I like did my research, you know, thinking about being around my nieces and you know their obnoxiousness. And, uh, you know, just TV, you know, the influence on black culture overall. Like, mm -hmm. Come on. Like, yeah. No, no, I, I get that. I get that 100 percent. And even so that it's inspired you also to work within live action with Odina. Am I correct? Yes. 
if that's one of the things we're gonna we're doing for stretch goal is once we get a certain amount, we're gonna release the uh, proof of concept that I did. So that way, because we do plan on doing a short eventually. Mm. Yeah, live action short. We already got the script written, everything on Brother Open Gate Studios. Like, let me know when you're ready. <laughs> so, so Mr. Jonathan Armour is on board, ready? Yes. Ready with the camera in hand to yeah. this all the he, he already got the script. Oh, man. We got to do some scouting and everything. So, yeah. That's beautiful, man. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, brother, I appreciate you doing this. Well, thank I appreciate you. it. Well, first of all, I got to thank you for having me because I was like, what is the facts then? I'm here. It's an honor to always get to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, man. Look, man, it look, it's an honor to talk to you, man. I always know that, you know what I'm saying, you're, you're a person that's very passionate about their art and you and the brothers at Concrete, y'all have always been on your square as just like being a lovable bunch of dudes that just do awesome things and put forth a product out there that anybody can adapt to. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Absolutely. And we going to chat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right, man. So for everybody here at the Facts Project, my man Onaji Roush, thank you. Yes, thank you, brother. All right, and we are out.